thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church and Pastor Jack Marslinder. This message is from the series Ephesians, Who We Are and What We Do in Christ, and was preached on October 10th, 2021. Amen, and ultimately that is what we want, that our life would praise God even more so than our words. We are in the second half of our study of the book of Ephesians, and Paul is teaching us how to live based on our beliefs. In chapters 1 through 3, he gave us an introduction. This is what we believe. This is the Christian faith. This is what we believe about God and Jesus and the gospel. And then in chapters 4 through 6, he gives us the logical application of that. If this is what you believe, then this is how you should live. If I believe these things, then I should live these things. When we say we believe in Jesus, if we really believe in Jesus, then we will live like Jesus. And if we don't, why might that be? It could be that we're ignorant of God's truth. Now, I'm doing my best to teach you what the Bible says, but we got to make a choice as to where we're going to get our beliefs, and false and persistent beliefs are everywhere, so I challenge you to get yours from the Bible. It could be, and unfortunately there are those in the Christian church who have just grown comfortable being a hypocrite. They say this, but they live like this. Now, if that's your case, then I'm asking you to make a very real choice today to be true to your God and to yourself and live what you really believe. It could be that we've never really been asked to examine. Is the way we're living really based on the way that the things that we believe? And I'm kind of challenging you to do that today, to make sure that what you believe and how you live are one in the same. Now, I told you the story last week of a Honda salesman that Don and I had talked to who gave us the whole spiel about how Hondas are the best car out there, but he personally drove a Toyota. Now, why would that be? Now, it could be that he was just kind of giving the company line. He had no real firm beliefs on anything, and he was just kind of giving the company line because he worked for Honda. That should never be true of, of Christians. We should never just give the company line unless we really believe it and are willing to live it. Or it could be that he was a recent convert to Hondaism, and he just hadn't had the time yet to, to buy one. That would be giving him the benefit of the doubt, but his, his sales message would be much more believable if he would go ahead and make that change. It would be true of us as well. Even a new convert needs to start living for Jesus or his message is not believable. believable. Or it could be that he just didn't believe in Hondas at all and he was just doing his job and trying to make a sale. In other words, he was a hypocrite. That's the conclusion the world comes about us when we say we believe this, but we live like this. Or worse, the world concludes that our whole faith in Jesus is bogus itself and that there's nothing to the gospel. So if we're ever going to want to win the world to faith in Jesus, and we say that's what we want more than anything else and, and what we pray for, then it's absolutely essential 
that what we believe and how we live are the same. Now we're going to look at a passage today in Ephesians in which Paul contrasts the way of the world and the way of Jesus, two very different, distinct ways of life. And I'm asking you today, not just what do you believe, but which side of the fence are you on when it comes to how you live? Are you living like the ways of the world? Are you living like the ways of Jesus? And you'll see very clearly that, that Paul makes a very big difference between the two. There is no real middle ground. There's the way of the world, and there's the way of Jesus. And I'm going to ask you which side of that divide you're on. Our passage is Ephesians 4, 17 through 24. Let's stand together as we read this. And I do want you to notice as we begin how emphatic Paul is on this. Ephesians 4, chapter, or verse 17, starts this way. So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. You may be seated as we think about these things and notice that in, in the two halves of this passage, Paul gave two different ways of life. This is the way of what he called the Gentiles. Before you came to Christ, this is how you thought. This is how you lived. This was your attitude. It's a very unflattering picture, but he's not exaggerating. All we have to do is look around today, and we see millions of people who are living that kind of life. And then he said, on the other hand, there are those who are living according to the way of Christ. He's reminding us that when we became believers, things changed. We were dead, now we are alive. We were separated from God, now we are in Christ. We were corrupt, now we're holy. We were impure, now our identity shows the image of God that is within us. Now, we often talk about, what do you believe? Today I'm asking you, do you live what you believe? And I'm asking you to, to determine which of those two camps you're in Please resist the urge, because most people do, to say, I'm in the middle. The way Paul presents it, there is no middle. There's the way of the world, and there's the way of Jesus. There's the way the world lives, and there's the way Jesus lives. And you're in one or the other. So let me describe these two ways of life according to what Ephesians tells us. And the first thing that Paul describes is the way of the world. And the first thing he says about the way of the world is the way of the world is blind to God's truth. 
Their eyes, Paul says, are darkened. They don't see God. They don't often believe about God. They have no understanding of God. If they do believe in God, they don't think about God, and therefore they are separated from God. And so the world's way is blind to God's truth. Now, for those of you who are believers, try and think what it would be like to not believe in God. If I didn't believe in God, I would have no external foundation for my life except for my own limited perspective, my own limited understanding, my own limited experiences. I would have no outward source of truth other than what I believed. I would have no outward source of comfort, no external idea on how I'm supposed to live, no external understanding of life or death. I would only have me and my thoughts. It would be like a man trying to build a house with no external source of truth. And so he's building a house on a sloped lot without any kind of square, any kind of level, any kind of tape measure, and doing so while blindfolded. I don't think we'd want to live in that house. Now, we've all had challenges in the last year. I've had my share, just like you have. How do I lead a church when people will disagree no matter what I say about masks or science or vaccines? I need help, so I seek God and His way. How do I deal with a father on a personal level who underwent a complete change of personality due to dementia? I need help. So as a believer in God, I had God to seek and his word to look into. How do I treat my parents no matter how they are acting? How do I understand death? In about six weeks, I lost my father and a beloved mother-in-law. And so I need a God who understands life and death. And by the way, in, his, in the form of his son, Jesus has been there. Now, I'm not saying I did everything right. I'm saying I had an outward foundation, a guide, a model, some truth beyond my understanding. But the way of the world has none of that. They are blind to God's truth. The second thing that Paul says about the way of the world is that those who live this way are hard-hearted even by choice. They've been called to faith in God. They said no, and their heart grows a little bit harder. They've been called to live right They've rebelled against it, and their heart grows a little bit harder. They've been called to love. They say no, and their hearts grow a little bit harder. You know how your hands get when you work hard with your hands year after year after year? When your hands get hard, that's okay. That can be a good thing. You know how your feet get when you walk barefooted for months? They get hard. Hey, that can be okay about your feet. But when it happens to your heart, you've said no to God and to good so many times, then your heart is hard. That is not a good thing. But that's what Paul says, that's the way of the world. They're blind to God's truth. They're hard-hearted. And the third thing Paul says is they live an indulgent lifestyle. Having lost all sensitivity, listen to that part, having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality 
so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. Having lost all sensitivity means that that those who live in the world's way are insensitive now to the things and the ways of God. So anything goes. Doesn't matter what God thinks. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter who says what is right or wrong. It doesn't matter what the Bible says. It's all about me, what I think, what I like, what I know, what I want, what I see. It's all about me. That's the way of the world. It's not a very flattering picture, but Paul is not exaggerating. This is everywhere. You go online, you're going to see it. Go to a movie, you're going to see it. Listen to a politician, you're going to see it. Go to a sports arena, you're going to see it. Watch the news, you're going to see it, and you see it everywhere. It's the way of the world. Blind to God's truth, hard-hearted, and an indulgent lifestyle. I will do whatever I want. No one other than me is going to tell me what's right or wrong. But let's contrast that with the way of Jesus. The way of Jesus, and I do want you to notice the parallels here. The the way of the world is blind to God's truth. The way of Jesus is based on God's truth. And I want you to see how strongly Paul emphasizes this. This is a command, not an option. He's not giving advice. He's not giving counsel. He's not giving an advisement. Notice how he starts off. I tell you this, and I insist on it in the Lord, you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. And he makes sure we understand it's in the name of Jesus. This is in the name of the Lord. Those in the world choose their own path. God's people choose God's path. We pattern our life not after the way of the world, not after contemporary culture, not after American life, but after the way of Jesus. He's the model, he's the pattern, he's the guide. Paul is saying, you were taught Jesus, now live like Jesus. Now there are many good examples of people in the world. You'll find many good examples of people in the Bible, but our example ultimately is not Abraham, and it's not Moses, and it's not Daniel, and it's not Joseph, and it's not David, though we can learn from all of them. Our ultimate example on how to live is Jesus himself. And so we pattern our life based on what the Bible teaches about Jesus. You want to know love? Look at Jesus reaching out to Samaritans and Romans and prostitutes and lepers and even the evil demon-possessed. You want to know forgiveness? Look at Jesus forgiving even those who nailed his hands and his feet to the cross. You want to know godly courage? Look at Jesus entering Jerusalem against the advice of his disciples and family coming into Jerusalem unarmed when he knew they were waiting to crucify him. You want to know how to spend your time? See how Jesus spent his time caring for the sick, helping the grieving, feeding the hungry, and caring for what the world saw as the forgotten ones. You want to know preaching? Look at how Jesus taught holiness in the Sermon on the Mount. The way of Jesus is based on Jesus. And he is our ultimate guide, model, example, and the one we follow. Secondly, the way of Jesus, Paul says that we have a new 
attitude. The attitude of the world is hard-hearted. Jesus' attitude is different. Paul says we are to be made new in the attitude of your minds. The attitude of a hard-hearted person is angry, greedy, hateful. Ours is different. It's pattern after Jesus. This is when you know you're getting close to living the life of Jesus. When you have the attitude that a child has, that soft-heartedness for hurting people, regardless of who they are, what they've done, where their citizenship lies, what faith they are, what their morals are, no matter how they treat you. When you feel that happening to you, that soft-heartedness towards people made in the image of God, then your attitude and your heart is more like Jesus than the way of the world. And that leads to the main point. Jesus' way of life is a holy and righteous lifestyle. Now listen, I know those words are old-fashioned. And they're words that the religious just kind of throw out. But they're Jesus' words based on who Jesus is. And so we are called to live a holy and righteous life. Now here's what I've been teaching you. How we live is based on biblical truth. So I want to remind you of two biblical truths and see how they apply to holy and righteous living. So the first, and we learned this in Ephesians chapter 1, is that every human being is made in God's image. So what Paul is teaching is this, let that image of God within you shine out. If people cannot see God in you, if people cannot see Jesus in you, then you're not there yet. The image of God dwells within us. And so our calling is to let people see that image of God in us. Secondly, and we also learned this in Ephesians 1, all believers are known as saints or God's holy ones, which is what saints mean, holy ones. That's who we are. And so Paul's teaching is simple. You, 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 me, we are saints. We are God's holy people. That's who we are, and so we are called to live it. So be who you are, a saint, a holy one of God, rather than what the world says that you are. Now, how do you do this? How do you become holy and righteous, which is our call? How do you become holy and righteous? I'm going to give you two things. They're not simple things, but they're things that every believer needs to do on a regular basis. If you want to be holy and righteous, and I hope that you do, because that's our calling. Our calling is not just to come to church, not just to say we believe, not just to pray a prayer, not just to walk the aisle, not just to be baptized. Our calling is to live like Jesus, and if you really want that, I can't give you that want to, but if you want it, I'm going to give you two things that you need to do next. And the first is to, and this is painful, this is not easy, this is not fun, but I'm going to challenge you to make an honest evaluation of yourself. This is who I am. Look at your life and your thoughts and your decisions 
and your attitudes and your relationships and your actions and your words. Look at everything about you and be honest. Is this like Jesus? Do I talk like Jesus? Do I love like Jesus? Are my actions pure and holy like Jesus? You will never grow to be holy unless you take an honest evaluation of yourself. No excuses allowed. No explanations are necessary. No blame can be assigned. This is who I am. This is who Jesus is. And if you do it honestly, you and I have a long way to go. If you think, I'm not so bad, you probably have not been completely honest with yourself. If you can, if you can say, I'm pretty innocent, then you're way off base. Because no one can be honest about themselves and compare themselves to Jesus and not see a huge disparity. But listen, I'm challenging you to do that. Because until you do that, you won't know what holiness looks like. Holiness does not look like you. Holiness looks like Jesus. And so you make an honest evaluation of yourself. And then you need to make a choice. And that choice is to choose a way of life that is like Jesus. You're making a choice. And I'm challenging you to make it today. That I am going to be like Jesus, live like Jesus, love like Jesus, think like Jesus, act like Jesus, talk like Jesus. It starts with a choice. The choice will not be enough. God will be working on that choice for the rest of your life. But you've got to make that choice. And do not use the typical Christian excuses. And I hear these all the time. Well, I'm not perfect. Nobody's perfect. Listen, no one ever accused you of being perfect. You guys have never accused me of being perfect. We know we're not perfect, but Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount said, Be ye perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. That's the goal. That's the standard. That's the model. And so to say, well, I'm not perfect and so I'm content is a complete misunderstanding and misstatement of the words of Jesus. And don't make this excuse. Because people say this to me, all the time. When I kind of challenge them to live like Jesus, they will say, well, I'm not Jesus. Trust me, no one ever accused you of being Jesus. And you've never accused me of being Jesus. We know we're not Jesus. But he is our model. He is our guide. He is the standard. He is the one we want to live like. There comes a time in which every human being, every believer in Jesus, every follower of Jesus needs to say, I'm no longer content to be the way that I am. I want to be different. I want to be like Jesus. I want to be holy. I want to be righteous. I finally want what I believe and what I live to be one and the same. And until we make that choice, we're not going to get there. Now, when you make that choice, you've still got months and years and maybe even decades of getting there. But it's got to start with the choice. Once you make the choice, God will help you because you can't do it on your own. You'll need a continual life of repentance. That was wrong. I shouldn't have said that. God, help me not to do it that way next time. God, I don't want to think those thoughts again because they're unholy, unrighteous. 
It's a continual lifestyle, but it starts with the choice. And I have found way too many believers who are just content with who they are. And as long as we're content with who we are, that's the best we're ever going to be. And so I'm asking you to raise your standard to live like Jesus. And it starts with a choice. I uh, said on the uh, video version when I preached it yesterday that even pastors have to go through this constant evaluation. And I'm not going to tell you what they are, but as I was thinking through this week, God gave me three very specific things about me that I need to change. I'm not going to tell you, and you don't have to tell me what God leads you. But we've got to go through that process. I shouldn't do this anymore. I could be a whole lot better about that. And this has got to change if I want to be like Jesus. That's the thought process and the choice I'm asking you to go through. I want to be like Jesus. And with the help of God and everything that I have within me, I will be like Jesus. A high standard? Yeah. But if we want to win this world to faith in Jesus, we've got to accept that. Here's what I'm seeing in the Christian world today, especially in America. We're saying the world needs Jesus. But we don't live that way. We don't pray that way. We don't love that way. And as long as we are presenting an unholy model, the world has no reason to listen to what we have to say. So part of revival, which we long for and say we're praying for, we want to see our country return to Jesus. We want to see our country be godly and holy and be what God wants us to be, is you and I have to raise our standards. I will live with God's help, like Jesus. That's the commitment I'm asking you to make. Thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church. If we can help you in any way, please contact us. Our information is on our webpage at abcaz.net, or you can call us at 623-932-2723. Thank you, and may God bless you and your family.